Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope you're doing well this morning. I want to thank you guys for being here, here in the house. Um, man, a great crowd this morning here in the house. I want to thank the few of you that are suffering in the heat on the backstage patio. Thank you guys for being a part, and uh, hopefully those fans are working. And I also want to thank you guys who are online. Thank you guys for joining us online. Why don't we give it up for the folks on the backstage patio and online this morning. I'm so glad that Cynthia said what she did just a few minutes ago, and... Uh, it is true that this series, it's just a short three weeks, is uh, something that's been months and maybe even years in, in the making. And I had no idea, none of us had any idea that when we would start a series on mental health that we would have in the news, uh, what we had all week long was Simone Biles. She gave me a great illustration to begin with today. And I got to tell you that the women's gymnastics, Olympic gymnastics team medal is probably one of the most coveted medals in all of sports. And I realized that her decision this week, you know, people had strong opinions. Imagine that. People had strong opinions on both sides. She was revered and she was reviled from all different sides. But I got to tell you, I respect her decision to step back because what she did, church, is something that the church and I think humanity in general hasn't really understood, and that is, is that health is something that happens from the inside out. It is not something that begins with this right here. It's something that begins inside of us. And we spend so much time and so much money, so much effort and energy and focus on this outer shell. And the reality is, is that God's intent, listen, I want you to hear this, God's intent for you and for me is to seek spiritual and emotional and mental and heart health first. And to work seriously from the inside out. And my prayer over these next three weeks is, is that we would see what God's word has to say about mental health and emotional health, which I'm using synonymously. I'm using those terms as if they're the same because in many ways they are the same. And I hope that you'll see that God's word, even though it doesn't have much to say directly about it, it has a ton to say about our heart and our head and our soul and who we are spiritually. Because God is so much more concerned about what happens here. And I think Simone Biles gives us a great illustration of someone who had the courage to say, enough is enough. And we don't know, we don't know and nor do we need to know all the issues that she was dealing with. Just like you don't need to know the issues, all the issues that I'm dealing with, and I don't need to know all the issues that you're dealing with, but I want you to hear today that God wants to hear what you're dealing with. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear honestly from you because the fact is, is that our world is dealing with this on a massive scale. As a sports psychologist, leadership expert, by the name of Todd Herman, and uh, not the radio uh, talk show host, but uh, he said that in the day following 
Simone Biles' withdrawal, he, he said this. He said, over the last 24 hours, I've had 56, 56 messages from athletes and coaches seeking help at the Olympics. He says, the 2021 games are a mental health nightmare. He said, in the 21 years I've been working with athletes at the Olympic Games, I've never seen more stress and anxiety. He says, I feel very bad for Simone Biles. She's such a phenomenal athlete, an incredibly kind human, despite the vitriol that she can be on the receiving end of. And he says this, the source of her issues and many other athletes right now is the toxic nature of social media. Man, that's true. And he goes on to talk about the toxic nature of social media, but for today's message, that's a whole message for another time. I want you to hear this. He says this the Olympic Games are just a microcosm of society. And it's true. It's just a microcosm of society. If you're seeing some of the most mentally tough, focused, and disciplined people on the planet fall prey to pressure, mental pressure, what about the regular Joes and Janes of our society? God intended for our health to be something that starts on the inside out. And today we're just ripping the band-aid off. We're going to take a look at two examples from God's word of characters that were people of God, men of God, that I believe struggled with mental health. We're going to take a look at what God's word generally says about it. Next week we're going to be taking a look at how you and I can partner with Hilton Head Island Community Church. And we're going to share with you some some practical tools of how you can like, be involved together with this church in improving your mental health. And then I cannot wait for week three where we're going to have a return of Dr. Andreas and Dr. Nicole, this time Ridland. Uh, they are friends of our church. He shared before, and Cynthia and I are going to interview them. And they're going to share some incredibly, very, very practical ways that you can put into use like that day to help yourself mentally. I could share a thousand different stats with you. I could share my story of how I deal with depression. I've shared a little bit of that before, and I'll share a little bit of that throughout this series. This series has been incredibly, um, for me, I've anticipated diving into it because the church has not been brave enough in the past to talk about mental health. But it's also created some anxiety. And this is the way Satan works. And I want you all to realize this so that you're prepared. This is the way the evil one works. Is, is In the hours and days leading up to today's message, the enemy has spoken the lies of how unworthy I am to teach this to you. And how horrible I am and everything that I've forgotten over the past 24 and 48 hours. And I want you to be prepared spiritually. And so I just want to pause for a moment. I just want to pray for us as we dive into God's word. So would you join me as I prayed for us right now? Father, I pray in the strong name of Jesus, God, that you would protect us spiritually from the enemy's attacks. And God, I pray that you would teach us through our own experience. But Father, from your word, may your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us right now as you teach us what you want us to know about mental health. Protect everyone who's within the sound of my voice. In Jesus' strong name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I, uh, 
I have a friend that I meet with on a regular basis. He's uh, also my counselor, and I told him one day, I said, uh, man, I, I think uh, I'm going to be the reason that you seek out therapy over the years. <laughs> but I've got to tell you, working on this has helped so much. Finding out what God's Word has to say about it has helped out more. And we have a crisis in, in our world and in our country. Uh, prior to uh, COVID-19 and all that's happened over these past few, well, now going on a year and a half, uh, it, it's amazing how the numbers have doubled. Uh, in, in June of 2020, after uh, the, the initial crisis, 31% of respondents uh, surveyed by the CDC uh, reported symptoms of anxiety and depression. 13% reported having started or increased substance abuse. 26% reported stress-related symptoms. 11 reported having serious thoughts of suicide over the past previous 30 days. And those numbers were double what it was before COVID-19. My guess is, is that a year later, if the same study was done, it would be increased, not decreased. I think that over the past 20 years, we've had several crises that has added to what already is a crisis in our world just because of our chemical makeup or our history or biology, but the world suffers with mental health issues. Now, I want to make one distinction. There's a difference between mental health issues and having a bad day <laughs> or having a bad week. We all have bad days and we all have bad weeks, don't we? We all have sadness. And what we're talking about here is an ongoing pattern of sadness or anger or discouragement or depression or things like bipolar disorder or eating disorder or personality disorder or PTSD or anxiety disorder or panic disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder. And I want to begin with, with our platform verse, our basis, because this, I believe, is kind of the foundational piece of what God's Word has to say about this issue, about mental and emotional issues. And it's a verse, if you've been in church for any length of time, I know you've heard and perhaps you've studied. But my prayer is, is that wherever you are spiritually, that this verse would, would just kind of sink into every part of who you are. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome, and in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I want you to see this. He says this, I appeal to you. He doesn't say, I ask you. He doesn't say, think about this. He says, I appeal to you. There's an urgency there, isn't there? There's a heaviness. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and What's that next word? Acceptable. Acceptable. See, that's what the enemy is going to speak against in your life and mine. He's going to speak against holiness, but he's really going to drive at you not accepting who you are and the way God made you. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then he says in verse 2, he writes this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be, what's that next word? Transformed by the renewal of your, what? Of your mind. Of your mind. By testing that you may discern what is the will 
of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, what God is saying here, inspired by God's Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul in this letter he writes to Rome, what he is saying to us is that it all begins inside this outer shell. He is saying what he is concerned about and what he wants is a transformed mind by God, (laughs) not the world. And that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Because we have so much that's speaking in that's from the world that is not of God. And so I want to challenge you today, if you've struggled with mental health or perhaps you've known someone who's struggled with mental health or maybe you live with someone who's struggled with mental health, I want to challenge you today on on beginning with realizing that this is a spiritual issue. If it hadn't been a spiritual issue, if our minds and what we dwell on and what we think about, and we're going to talk more about that next week, if it wasn't a spiritual issue, God wouldn't have inspired Paul, to give this message, that this is the way that we're transformed. This is where the beginning of change happens. It happens in our minds. God is concerned about it, and he cares about it, and he loves you regardless of where you are. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The word of God is full of characters that were flawed mentally. David had moments where he was in great despair. But here's the thing, that's where we get the Psalms from. The words that Cynthia just read, the words that we just focused on, some of the words that we just sang about were from this man who was flawed mentally. Saul had this great depression and, and that came from evil. Elijah, we're going to talk about Elijah in a moment. Isaiah struggled at moments. Jonah, we'll talk about him in a moment. Even Naomi's indications and Job and Jeremiah, of course, who was called the weeping prophet. It's full of characters that were flawed. And while the Bible may not use the words mental or emotional health, these are stories that apply to our lives. We have to realize that the people that we are, it begins, it begins, it begins in our mind. Proverbs 23 verse 7 And this might be a different translation that you have. But it says, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. The King James, New King James Version says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So much of who we are begins in the mind. And I believe when the Bible is talking about our mind and our heart and our soul, I believe that it's talking about this subject of mental health. And I want to show you two characters that I believe struggled deeply from God's word. And there's a reason, and you're going to find out at the end why I'm sharing these characters with you. And I, and I hope in my prayers is that uh, you, you would learn from these. The first one is a man by the name of Elijah. Now, some of you know the prophet Elijah who 
had just done some amazing things for God. Now, please don't miss that one statement. He had just done some amazing things for God. He had just been the leader that defeated the prophets of Baal. He had just confronted one of the, one of the evil kings, and he had this, uh, this issue uh, with Queen Jezebel that is a whole sermon for another time. But I want you to see what he does shortly after God does amazing things through him. Check this out. 1 Kings 19, verse 4. But he, talking about Elijah, this man of God, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under a broom tree. I wish I could see a broom tree. That would be pretty cool. But, and he asked that he might die, saying, Is it enough now, O Lord? Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. This is a man of God that in his moment of despair cried out and said, God, can't I just not be here? Can't I just be gone? And I want to point out, we'll talk a little bit about isolation next week, but it's interesting that he went on a day's journey by himself. By himself. Now listen, I want you to hear this. There's a time to get away by yourself. Jesus did it, didn't he? But there's also a time when we should not be alone. And the Spirit of God has to lead us and guide us, and we need to ask for his discernment on that. 1 Kings 19 verse 4 tells us that this man of God wanted to not be here anymore. Verses 5 and 6, and he lay down. I love this story. He lay down and he slept under that broom tree, which I'd love to see. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And this is the best part. Verse 6, And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and lay down again. That's an awesome dream, isn't it? When you go to sleep despondent about your life, ready to give up, asking God to let you not be there anymore, and an angel touches you, and you wake up, and there's food that had been cooked. I think that probably could have happened over the last three days here in the South Carolina low country. And a cake, no less. God did something miraculous in the face of what Elijah was dealing with. And I'm going to talk about this in a moment. He met his physical need first. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Jonah. Jonah. We've all heard the story of Jonah, haven't we? We know the story of this man that was, you know, swallowed up by a whale that, sorry, a fish, that a lot of people think was just his dream. They would say that he was dealing with serious mental issues, but this really did happen. But he was running from God. God told him to go to one place, and he went in the complete opposite direction. Have you ever been there? I have for about 10 years. <laughs> God called me to do one thing, and I did not want to do it. It's likely you've probably been there before. 
And so Jonah's mental issues comes from this disobedient life that he had that God told him to go in one direction and he went in a totally different direction. And we see here in the last chapter of Jonah when God does something miraculous and takes him back through, via this fish, throws him up on the shore, and he goes to the Ninevites and he does what God had told him to do in the first place. There's a whole lesson in there. Like obey God the first time because he's going to come after you, right? <laughs> And Jonah says this, or it says this in Jonah chapter 4, verse 3. Therefore now, he says, Oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah preached to this, these terrible people in, in Nineveh, and many of them came to the Lord, and he did great things for God, but he still wasn't happy. He was still ticked off at God. I've been there before. I've been there before. Verse 6 says, Now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah to hide him from the heat. Again, that would have been nice this week, right? That it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. And even in that, Jonah was ticked off at God. He was struggling in the depth of his soul. It was a mental, it was a heart thing that came from disobedience. And you have two different characters there with Elijah and Jonah that dealt with, I believe, mental health issues just like you and I. Just like we deal with these things. I want to give you three lessons that I think we can learn from these two characters. First and foremost, I want you to hear this Loud and clear, fully devoted followers of Jesus can struggle with mental illness. Fully devoted followers of Jesus that get up and have their devotions every day and know God's word and do great things for him can struggle with mental illness. That doesn't mean all of you will. It doesn't mean all of you are. And for some of you, are like, this really doesn't apply to me. But I can promise you, you know someone that fits into that category. And maybe you can be a catalyst to help remind them that even, even fully devoted followers of Jesus can struggle with mental health. And the reason that that's true is because all the way back in the beginning, sin entered the world. And unfortunately, we deal with it every single day. We live in a fallen and broken world, and even the strongest follower of Jesus can struggle with mental illness. And I want you to hear this. If you're one of those that you're like, man, I'm doing all the right things. Like I attend church. I, I know my Bible. I get up and I talk to God. I'm trying to do all the right things. And, you know, I don't do all the things that I'm not supposed to do. I leave those aside. Leave it for other people. And I still am struggling with this. I want you to hear that that does not negate or diminish your walk with God, your journey with him, or your work for him. It doesn't at all. It's just part of being human. And it's part of living in this fallen world. Second thing that I want you to learn from these is, is that God cares more about what's on the inside than what's on the outside. 
He cares more about what's on the inside of you than what's on the outside of you. And some of you are like, thank you, Jesus, that's true. (laughs) He cares for your soul. He cares for your mental health. He cares for your heart. He cares for your emotions. So much so that he told Samuel this. The Lord said to Samuel, When he was appointing David, listen, David, who we already said was one of the biblical characters that dealt with maybe some mental issues. Samuel, he says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance. He wasn't kingly. He was short. Right there with him. (laughs) He didn't look like a king. Right there with him. He didn't come from the background of a king. He didn't dress like a king. (laughs) God said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or his height of stature. I love that verse. That should be my life verse. Okay, so because I have rejected him. He's talking about Saul here. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the what? On the heart. He looks on the heart. God cares more about what's on the inside than he does what's on the outside. And thirdly today, God's answer to mental illness is both practical and spiritual. It's both practical and spiritual. Look what he did for Elijah. I love that. It's like, hey, Elijah... You you, want to not be here anymore. You want to just die. You've had all these great victories. Here's what you need to do, Elijah. And I'm sure Elijah's waiting with bated breath for this great philosophical thing from God. You know what God told him through the angel? You need to eat. You are hangry. You need food, dude. Get up and eat some food. And I think that sometimes we think that like our our mental and emotional issues are so deeply psychological and maybe, maybe, maybe not in all cases I realize maybe God's answer for you is just practical. Maybe there's something in your routine you need to change. I'm right there. Maybe there's something about your diet you need to change. Maybe there's something about your your energy you need to change or alter. My challenge to you is allow God to change that. Allow him to change it. But here's the thing, and I want to leave you with this today. Because this is where we're going to pick pick up from next week. Is we have a part to play in this. We have a part to play in this. Proverbs 4, 23 Proverbs 4.23 says that we should keep our hearts with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Some of your translations might say, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. And the entryway to the heart is the mind. It's what we think on, what we dwell on, and what we focus on. Today, I want to challenge you as we've kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and you've seen two examples from the Bible of people who struggled with mental health and you've seen that God's Word indirectly has so much to say about our mind and He cares for it. I hope in some ways 
maybe I've normalized it for you. Because if you look around this room, there are many, many people who are dealing with the same issues. My challenge to you today is to be courageous. Just be courageous. And that means being honest about where you are today. Being honest with God about where you are today. Maybe you're in a place that you've gone a long time without focusing on the fact that some of the relationship issues that you have and some of the financial issues you have and the fact that that job, you just can't seem to keep that job. Or maybe you're bouncing from one place to the other and you're frustrated with your career or maybe your academic world students. Maybe, maybe it just comes back to the fact that you need to care about the inside just like God does. And it takes courage to say, I'm struggling with this. Maybe you need to be prayed for. Maybe you need to start down a path of mental health and emotional health that will lead you to a place that life won't be perfect, but it'll be so much more whole. So much more focused on what God cares about, and that's the inside. Simone Biles, she had courage. I realize some of you don't agree with her decision. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Social media shows us that every day. But here's the thing. She had courage to say, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And taking a step back is not losing. It's not. But taking a step back without the help of God is admitting defeat. And so today, I want to challenge you to have the courage to begin anew, to start something new in your life, this focus on the fact that God does care about the inside, that what needs to change perhaps in your life begins right here, it begins right here, and it begins inside who you are. Father, God, I want to thank you so much for the fact that you love us, you care for us so deeply, God, I thank you for these, these men that struggled with their own mental health and emotional health. So much so that both of them found themselves under a tree complaining about their life. Father, if we were honest, if we're really truthful, so many within the sound of my voice have struggled, myself included, with self-worth. God, the enemy speaks these lies about how we have failed. And God, you look at us and you say we are enough. And God, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray for those who are within the sound of my voice who may be struggling with some of these issues. And Father, what needs to take place, the transformation that needs to take place in their life is not another purchase, it's not another pill. It's not another drink. It's not another relationship that they keep skipping in and out of. It is absolutely a transformation of their minds. And Father, the, the way that we're truly going to be transformed in our minds is through you. It's through your Son. 
And Father, I pray that right now that you would begin working on our hearts and our minds. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage. Give us the courage to just to be honest with you right now in this moment. And to be honest with others. To be honest with the people we live with about where we are. Father, I, I pray that right now in this room and online and back on the backstage patio, God, that we would allow you, you, Jesus, to just be spoken over us. God, that's why you came and died on the cross, is so that we could be transformed. And right now, in the strong name of Jesus, would you do the work that you need to do? Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Give us the courage that we need to face the reality of our situation. Over these next few minutes, Cynthia and the worship team are going to sing this song. I want to encourage you just to, just to listen to the words of this song and allow God's Holy Spirit to move in your life, in your heart, and in your mind. Allow Jesus to change you from the inside out.